Let's see. I'm gonna put you back on top of the fridge. Ah, you're on top of my microwave. But I'll, but I'll get you a view so you can see what I'm making. This is gonna be a pizza. Ooh, see? nice. Pizza. Here's my kitchen. And I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in the oven, and it's gonna be great. Oh gosh, these these boys are burning a little bit. Let's let's figure this out here. I'm making a um, quesadilla. So this is this is it's really washed out. Yeah, there's a tortilla. Very exciting. I got some freshly freshly grated cheese. I, I just grated it into this uh, this Wegman's bag for storage. But I did I did grate this. I definitely didn't buy pre shredded cheese. I'm, that would be lazy. Um, oh really? Well. Uh, <laughs> hey. I definitely did. So. Oh, I definitely did too. I don't own a cheese grater. Yeah. I made I made homemade mac and cheese for Thanksgiving last week, and wow, one of the first things I realized mid uh, starting the recipe is I don't have a cheese grater, and you kind of need grated cheese to melt into the the sauce. So I broke out the old vegetable peeler, which I have, but I don't have a cheese grater. I don't know what my priorities are, and just peeled cheese for a while. The question is, did you eat it with a spoon or a fork? Do I need to answer that? Yeah you, yeah, you do. Did you eat it with a spoon or a fork? The question I asked you last time was about specifically boxed mac and cheese. So my answer that I gave for that can be different from my answer for this. No, you said mac and cheese. Okay, I used a fork, but we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Well, it's homemade. Like, it's bigger noodles. They don't scoop as well. I don't know, man. I don't know. It sounds like you're uh, a little hypocritical right there. Well, now our hundreds of fans are gonna write in angrily, and, and so thank you for putting me on blast like that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we all have we all have our things. Yeah, apparently mine is just uh, not not sticking to my word. I can't think of the right word for that right now. That's fine. And uh, see how I'm using a knife right now to prep this pizza. There's no way I'd be able to do this with a fork. You know what? I'm gonna cut my quesadilla with a fork. Fuck you. <laughs> Just to spite you. <laughs> Just to spite me. I know you. I know you live most of your life just out of spite. So, yeah. It keeps me going. It's good to have a driving force. <laughs> you know, if you have to have something to believe in, it's it's spite. If I can show other people they're wrong, at my own expense, I'll do it. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not. Not discuss condiments. I know the listeners can't see you right now, but Isaac, that sweater you're wearing looks so cozy. It's very cozy. It's this is my cozy outfit of like I don't, I'm not going anywhere. You know, nobody's gonna see me except Ethan on the Zoom call, and uh, I'm just chilling. Absolutely. Know? This is my. I got home from work and. Didn't really want to change into like real cozy clothes because I'm just home for the night. But I want to be cozy, so it's it's all flannel. I don't know if you can see the pants at all. If I if I tilt down, all flannel. I was gonna say I thought uh, you know you're like wearing the khakis with the like tie undone and like you know. That would be um, fun, wouldn't it? The the jacket over your shoulder, you know, walking in. Hello, I'm home. Know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's your um, typical, typical office dad outfit. Right, drop the briefcase You're off, not, and, and you know, I I had a wash after getting home, had a had a rinse, rinsed my face. It was very important. Yeah, 
yeah. Hung the tie up gingerly. Have a little five o'clock shadow going on. It's all part of the fun. Of course. So speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, as of recording, that was last week. How did, uh, what did you do for Thanksgiving? Anything fun? Uh, no. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I did pretty much nothing for Thanksgiving. It was, uh, you know, it just was what it was. It wasn't super exciting. It also wasn't super disappointing. It was just like, you know, stayed at the house and, um, you know, my, my family's pretty far away. So it was, uh, you know, that wasn't like a possibility to go traveling. I guess it was a possibility, but it just wouldn't have been too much of a hassle, too much of a risk. So I'm around here and, um, yeah, just chilled. I didn't even eat anything special. It was, it was kind of, that's okay. kind of a bummer, but, um, you know, that's, that's how it goes, I guess. What'd you do for Thanksgiving? I, uh, my family had a Zoom call in the morning, and that wasn't really eating, that was just hanging out with the family, uh, that was nice just to see everyone, uh, and then yeah. my friend Helen, who I went to college with, and her mom ran the camp that I worked at, and now her mom is my boss, again, at the Y in Rochester, uh. um, I was invited to their house for Thanksgiving, since we're kind of in each other's bubble, uh, so I went to their house for Thanksgiving, which was, it was kind of weird going to my boss's house and, and having a meal, but, you know, I've known them for a couple of years, we played Mario Kart, and we watched, we watched Christmas movies, but the thing is, these Christmas movies, they're streaming, um, but they're only streaming on Fortnite, like the video game. What? Fortnite has, like, a, a built-in movie theater now, I it guess. A, we were, what? my, my... My friends have a like a Roku stick, and you can just search for movies, and it'll scan all streaming services to find the movies. And we searched. I think we were looking for The Grinch, and The Grinch came up, and it was on uh, a service called Fortnite Lovers, uh, and it was just a Fortnite streaming channel with Christmas movies on it. But uh, last I checked, Fortnite's a video game, bud. See, that's what I thought too. Uh, turns out it's a multimedia platform. Oh, multimedia. So. What is what does that mean? Uh, they have mul multiple medias, obviously. Like magazines and like pamphlets. And yeah, stuff. pamphlets. Uh, I'm sure they've got a podcast or two. The Fortnite Friends, big one on uh, on iHeart. But, but do you have to like enter the game in order to to watch these things? No, it's like it's like a fringe thing that just carries the Fortnite name. Oh. But there are also who's Fortnite owned? Uh, who is Fortnite owned by Epic Games? I think owns Fortnite. Don't ask me how I know that, because I genuinely don't know why I know that. It's just one of those, you know, one of those epic, epic gamer moments. Fun fact. Um, that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah, it was, we, because we just searched for the movie. We weren't searching, I mean, we weren't searching for Fortnite, obviously. Um, no shade if people play Fortnite. It just seems like kind of a boring video game. Uh, and it tells you where it is, and it said Fortnite, and we all just looked at each other, perplexed. Reasonably so, I would say. That's so weird. That just carries the name, but has, like, nothing to do with it. Fortnite's the future of all entertainment. Soon you'll be able to put your uh, Elon Musk streaming device directly into your, your head slot and access your, your Epic Gamer <laughs> moments and get your, your streaming and tune into Bezos' latest deals. Right into your eye chip. You won't even need to close your eyes. It'll just film over. It'll be great. Yeah, it's like that one episode of Black Mirror. I think about that episode a lot, um, because that like the, they keep they the internet keeps giving me articles about 
that technology actually perhaps existing, and it stresses me out. Do you think the popularity of that show dropped because it's too much like real life right now? Did you hear what the, the creator said about it this year? No. He said he's not going to release a season until the pandemic's over because people are going through enough shit right now. That's fair. That sounds like a good plan. I have enough existential dread already. I don't need to, like, artificially enjoy it. I think before I didn't have enough artifi uh, uh, existential dread in my life, but the, the show brought that to me in a way that was very good and controllable, and um, now I, I, I have too much. Far too much. There was a series of tweets going around for a while, I think it was something along the lines of, like, it's really impressive of Netflix to, instead of making a sixth season for Black Mirror, just, like, have us all live it. That's really good marketing. Um, which is funny until we've been living it for uh, however many months it's been now. I've lost track. But it also, like, plays right into the hand of people that are like, it's all fake, the whole thing is just a scam, like, you know? And I don't really like, I don't like giving those people any, an idiom of credit at all, so, uh, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. You're right, it is a... It has, it has been pretty wild. Well, it's December tomorrow. That's exciting. It is December tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta pay rent. Yeah, I paid um, rent yesterday because I, th I knew I'd forget today. Um, but then I got another bill in the mail today, so, you know, never ends. Like I said, it never, you know, adulthood is never this thing that, you know, you think like, oh, graduate from college, like, it's easy sailing from here on out, but, you know. It's there's just, always another bill. There's always something to, something to work for. Yeah, I'm... Student, I don't know what your loans have been, and this is kind of personal information, so we, we don't have to have to talk about it, but my loans have been, the paying my loans has been, for student loans, has been deferred for a while, just because of the pandemic. Uh, sure. And I think if that wasn't the case, I don't know that I'd be able to live here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are in that position right now, too. I mean, that, that you know, it's a tough, tough time economically for everybody, as, uh, you know, Jack Spear would say on NPR. I'm sure he has, many times. Yeah. How's your pizza coming? What, what are you putting on the pizza? Tell me about the uh, the process. We got uh, the sauce and the cheese going on. I cut up a fresh tomato Ooh. and laid it down as the foundation. And then put um, some roasted garlic sauce on top of that. Some roasted oh, garlic sounds... tomato sauce. Oh, good. On top of that. And now I'm putting on the cheese layer. We got main, main level of mozzarella. And now I'm going to put on some chunks of... Uh, a fine Wisconsin farmer's cheese, which I'm going to slice. It did not come pre-sliced. Um, Old school, which nice. Is be good. Um, and then in the in the frying pan, I got some onions and some peppers, uh, kind of sautéing up there. And um, then I'm gonna put it in the oven, and we'll be ready to go. Sweet. How's your quesadilla coming along? It's good. I've just put cheese in it. Nothing fancy. Oh, just cheese. But I'll read you the kinds of cheese because it's. It's a mix. Oh, oh a, a mi more kinds than just one. It's a blend of cheddar, Monterey Jack, uh, Asadero, and quesadilla. And then, uh, as a subtitle to that, it says, fancy shredded cheeses. So, you know, it's good stuff. I don't know if quesadilla is a type of cheese. I don't know that it is either. Wegmans needs to figure this out. Uh, how's it looking? Oh, I think it's done. Uh, I think my quesadilla is good done. Good old Wegmans. Good old John Wegmans. Uh, I don't know that it, his name is John, actually. I think it's Danny. Danny, Danny Wegmans? Danny Wegmans. You think they're still alive? You think there's Wegmans, people there still named Wegmans hanging around Western New York? 
I'm sure. I don't know that they're in the store business anymore, but... I mean, think yeah, about... they probably it. sold that off a long time ago. The Viddler's family still hangs out around Viddler's. That is true. That is true. I have completed the quesadilla. Um, true to my word, oh, I'm going to attempt to cut texture. it with a fork. I'm not going to show you how the fork cutting goes. I'm going well, to do it off camera. And, I don't believe you, then. Uh, well, let me attempt it first, because if I have to change... I have to change. I also, just, if I do have to change, I want to I wanna preempt this by saying, I said if a fork was the only utensil I had for the rest of my life, I would sharpen a side of it. So if I was, in fact, only using a fork, I would have a sharper angle to cut things at. Which is not the original intent of a fork, nor is it like, you know, I don't know. Then is it a knife at that point with some with some pointy bits on it? So, first first incision has been made. Wow, very good. And I'm gonna do it the other. I'm gonna do it over here, so you can watch me do it with a fork. I'm blocking the whole. There's no good way. It's okay. I, I, I've I committed. The video I've committed to this bit. I'm gonna. I am gonna oh, do gosh. it out of. Something's. Oh no! Somebody dinged me. You are always getting dinged on this podcast. I know. That's like the story of my life. That's why I say at work, whenever I get a, a thing on the, the work phone, you go, oop, somebody dinged me. Um, and then most of the time it's the car insurance salesman. Um, He's just trying to sell his wares. That worked. I'm shocked that worked. I am too, man. That doesn't seem like I it. I mean, I had faith in the fork the whole time. Oh man, I just set my phone in tomato juice. Oh no. That's okay, it's got a case on it. Um... Yeah. Let's see. What else has happened this week? What, um... How's your work been going? Work's been good. Your new job, your new life. It's... New family. New family, new, uh, actually... Speaking of new family, I, uh... There was gonna be a lead-up to this, but since you said new family... Oh no. I'm going to introduce you to the wife and kids. <laughs> I was going to take this in a completely opposite direction, but okay. Can you see him? What? Who are they? Oh, it's a cat. This is Pippin. Pippin, this is Isaac. Hi, Pippin. Did you get Pippin to take care of your mouse problem? That was sort of the catalyst for it. No pun intended. Genuinely no pun intended. Although I'm really glad it turned out that way. <laughs> um, that's, that's really funny. So, I'll go into more detail about the mouse problem once I'm sitting down, because it's a whole saga. But I've wanted a cat for a while, but I sort of thought I'd put it off till I've lived here a year and just sort of figured out life and, and financial stuff. Um, but then when the mice got really bad, I started thinking, well, maybe a cat is an answer. Uh, and then I sure. and then I made the cardinal mistake of, of pets, and I went on some Humane Society websites and looked at the cats that were up for adoption and fell in love with all of them, and could not stop thinking about them. Well, of course. Uh, so on Saturday, I, uh, well, I, I put out an email to this woman that listed a cat, because I saw the picture of this cat, and just, like, literally had to gasp, and there were tears in my eyes. This cat was so handsome. And so I, I reached out to her, we emailed back and forth, did some price haggling, um, and I went out and met him on Saturday, and Aww. I sat with him for, like, two hours, just petting him and, and cuddling and stuff, and just completely fell in love with this cat, so I brought him home that same day, and uh, he has been hiding in my bathroom, 
ever since. Uh, Why the bathroom, do you think? I think because it's dark back there, and it's... He's behind the toilet, that's his main spot. I think because he can get wedged back there and and sort of have his own place and he can see everything. Uh, But but he's been eating, he's been drinking, he's used the litter box, and when I go and reach back and and put my hand back there, he nuzzles it and starts purring pretty quickly. Uh, So he's not scared of me. I think he and I are cool. I think it's the apartment that is the issue. You gotta get him a, uh, a a kitty house or something, something to hang out in. He's got a bed that I got at the shelter um, that I brought with him, and I've got the kitty carrier set up still with a blanket in it and stuff. I think he's just gotcha. New sights and sounds and smells, especially my downstairs neighbors are really loud, and I'm sure that's hard for him to to deal with. Uh, I had a bit of a scare with him actually just recently this morning, this evening when I got home. He, uh, I need yeah. to take him to the vet. He's got one of his eyes is leaking mucus more than it probably should be. Oh. Um, so I wipe it up whenever I see it. I don't want to take him to the vet just yet because he's freaked out enough as is. And if I can wait a little bit just for him to get more comfortable with, with me and with the home, then it'll be easier to bring him to the vet. But I got home from work today and his mucus eye just was shut, wouldn't open. Uh, and so I freaked out. Um, but I tried to stay calm and rational while I was freaking out, and I got a wet towel, a warm wet towel, and just sort of held it on his eye and sort of wiped away the mucus, because it was just mucus that had, that had sort of caught his eye closed. And it's open now, um, and he seemed fine. He has been, he was like rolling around and, and purring and stuff. So I think, um, I think we're cool. What about you? How has uh, work going for you? Um. Work is good. I got back from work pretty late last week. Um, I got back at like one o'clock in the morning. Back to the back to the house. Oh man. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a long drive. Um, we yeah we were in a different spot than we usually are, and uh, driving back from that took a while, and then I had a lot of paperwork to do. I had a, I had a lot of paperwork to do <laughs> um, for uh, you know just more paperwork is never a good thing, but the reason I had a lot of paperwork to do is not, you know, it's never a good thing when you have to fill out paperwork. So, a lot of paperwork yeah. to do, and everybody had a lot of paperwork to do actually. Um, and then, yeah, we didn't get, I didn't get home until, uh, till one o'clock in the morning, which was pretty late. But, um, kind of just slept the whole next day and um, felt pretty back to normal, you know, a couple days later. So, yeah, I don't know. This week being off has been kind of weird it's been like just uh just me at the house just hanging out gone out for an adventure on saturday yeah uh but i think starting off with starting off with that so late and coming in so tired has kind of thrown off my week here would not in a bad way but just a different way Mm -hmm. just laying low a lot more and chilling yeah yeah, I had a weird couple days off too. Not weird, but because um, of the holiday, I had five days off, um, Wednesday through through Sunday, which was nice. Um, you know, those kids are. I, I like my job and I like most of the kids, but some of them just really drain me to my core. Um, so having five days to sit and watch Star Trek and drink beer was pretty nice. But also it was a long time of just sort of sitting. My parents came up on Friday because they needed to drop off um, 
my my grandparents' fake Christmas tree. Um, my grandma decided to give it to me, so I've got. Here, I'll see if I can angle it. Got a little festive, festive joy oh, wow. in the corner there. Um, the goal is to have Pippin curled up under it at some point because that's going to be so cute. Well, that would just be. Perfect. Uh, but it's been three. That would just be perfect. It'll be perfect. It, it, this is day three in the bathroom for him, though, so we'll see. <laughs> I've been slowly um, moving his food and water closer to the doorway every day in the hopes that that'll sort of yeah. coax him out. Does he make, like, mad dashes for it and then come back and retreat under the tub or under the... Uh... It depends. Sometimes he'll... Last night, he I heard him eating, so I went and sat in the hallway right outside the bathroom because he could see me in the doorway. I just sat there and watched him eat. Uh, and he, he took his time. He, and then he looked up at me, and he sort of cautiously came out and, and sort of curled up next to me for a few minutes. So he's he's getting there, but... I tried that again this night tonight, and he pretty quickly went back behind the toilet. I think his eye kind of freaked him out, and, and mm. he yeah. just wanted to be alone. So that'll be his eye will be something I, I think I should just check on every day. I'm surprised your apartment allows you to have cats. Uh, they, there's a fee, um, and I'm waiting until oh. after uh, I'm waiting until after I pay rent to uh, to tell them that I need to pay the fee. Uh, and if I can make it, actually, if I can make it to Friday, because Friday is payday. Um, if I can make it to Friday with this secret cat, then I'll be all right with paying this fee. They charge you like a, a basis fee for having a pet, and that's a one-time payment, but then they charge you rent for the pet too, which seems a little a little silly to me. I guess it kind of makes sense though. I mean, I don't know. If like they have to get the carpets redone or like mm-hmm. the cat scratches at something, or like I can understand that. But yeah, I guess it is a little annoying there was a person at college that had a secret cat for like a whole semester and everybody kind of knew it but nobody said anything about it and then like i forget what happened like maybe the cat had to go to a vet or something or like over spring break she was looking for somebody to take care of the cat and uh yeah and then it 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 got in trouble because there was people on campus that shouldn't have been and then they were like why are you on campus you know right now and like uh, I'm taking care of this cat and they're like what cat (laughs) yeah it was a whole mess but uh you know I think it was a rescue I think they got it from a uh a farm down the road and uh yeah they wanted to take care of it so I don't think it was bad-hearted I just think they didn't go through the official channels you know which is fair official channels are sometimes a pain yes did you ever figure out what the spooky noises were coming from your uh Place? Oh, and they're still happening. Um, Do you think you have mice? I don't think so. Lucky. I mean, I leave food for a whole week in my fridge, and it doesn't get nibbled on. So I feel like if they, you know, if they had the time, they'd do the crime. You know what I mean? But work together. Um, I mean, we we've all seen Ratatouille. We know they can open fridges. They can. And I, the timer went off for my pizza, so I'm gonna get it out of the oven. Ah, or at least yes. Check on it. So I'll take a quick pause. And this is a perfect moment, listeners, to tell you about our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is a, is a website that I wish I had the thing memorized because then it would be really funny. We're not sponsored by Squarespace yet, um, and I feel like maybe doing this bit is going to ruin our chances of getting sponsored by Squarespace. Um, so let me tell you, Quip, Quip is a toothbrush that these are just sponsors from the podcast I listen to. This is a great bit. Isaac's going to come back in a second and be so confused about why I'm still talking, uh, but that's okay. Um... How are you, listeners? Have you, why don't you drink, take a break, pause the podcast, go get some water, um, and then come back refreshed 
maybe, you know, take a shower, do whatever you got to do to really pamper yourself up because you deserve to, to be treated like like a king or queen or, or any royal thereupon. You deserve the best listeners, and I hope that you are taking care of okay, yourself. I was back. expecting. I'm just going to be off screen cutting up the pizza, but... Um, oh, it's ready. Hopefully you didn't say... Hopefully you didn't say anything too embarrassing about me. I told them every embarrassing story I could think of. Oof, there are some good ones in there. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've got, we've got ages. Without like, saying what it is, what do you think the most embarrassing thing I could share about you? About me? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's probably some stuff on, like, campouts that might be embarrassing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was some probably some... Some Boy Scout campouts that were, uh, yeah, a little, a little awkward. But that's probably the most. I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm. That's the other things. I feel like I, I look back on my past, and not a lot of it embarrasses me anymore because we were kids, right? And that's true. You kind of get a. Pass but I think probably. Bit, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say Scouts. Just blanket. What about you? What do you, if you were to? You don't have to say, but what do you think the most embarrassing thing I have on you is? Ah. <sighs> Um, I don't know, man. That's a, probably similar, but maybe different. I think, you know, I think the, the most embarrassing thing, like for me currently in my life, would be mistakes I made then that I still make now. Like the most embarrassing thing is not that like I made those mistakes, but it's that I still make those it's mistakes. It's that you haven't you know grown I mean? and learned. That's like really... <laughs> like genuinely really deep that, that's almost yeah. alarmingly deep scariest thing isn't isn't the unknown it's it's not growing as a person yeah that that's what i fear most in life i feel like is not uh not learning from my mistakes and my past embarrassments um which maybe is a little uh a little much oh this is a risky maneuver there we go oh nice i just Carried the the slice of pizza like halfway across the room on the spatula to get to my plate. Always whiskey. Um, Always whiskey. Okay, one more thing. I wonder if I can reach the fridge with how long this is. Oh, I think I can. Oh my god. Oh yeah. This now is now the question is if I can reach the beer with not knocking my teeth. My uh... hold on. Gonna undo the knot in the cord. Make sure it goes around the chair in the right way. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Stretch. Got it. Okay, coming back. Well done. Oh, I need the opener, too. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, Where's no. <laughs> can, can you reach this the opener? This could have just foiled all of my plans. Oh, there it is on the fridge. Got it. There we are. That was that was right at the maximum stretch of this uh, this cord here. I was, I was on the edge of my seat. This I was so stressed out about this. And you couldn't see anything. No, I was just hearing this this perilous predicament. You know, the things I do for this podcast, you know, put my food and beverage at, at immense risk. Well, it's appreciated. What uh, what are you drinking? Not sponsored, obviously, but... I'm drinking the Wisconsin Classic New Galaris Spotted Cow. I don't know how to say that, New Galaris? Galaris? I don't know. But it's, it's brewed in Wisconsin. Um, it's like the... If you're in Wisconsin, you gotta you gotta drink that. Is it a lager? Is it a pale ale? What kind of? Uh... It is an ale. Um, yes, employee owned. Every drop of Wisconsin original farmhouse ale is artisan brewed and bottled in the land. 
by hardworking employees. There we go. A little bit about it. Anyways. Right on. Yeah, that's, you know, drink local, you know what I'm saying? I haven't checked out any Rochester breweries yet, which is maybe shitty of me, but I also don't have a car, so it's a little harder to go. I picked up uh, a 12-pack of Yingling a couple weeks ago. That was my big, exciting beer journey. Um, There you go. And I I haven't tried it yet, but I've got a... uh, a six pack of a Saranac uh, brew. It's a it's a winter ale. It's called Big Moose, which I bought because I spent mm-hmm. the summer in Big Moose. But I've been saving it for like a really cold day because I think a winter ale is best enjoyed on a really cold day because all the spices <laughs> nice. and stuff feel better. Yeah, I like the creative names that that breweries come up with. Oh, I I get a kick out of it. I could wander like a beer aisle, a beer aisle, a beer section for hours just looking at the the different. Logos and names and that's one hell of a slice. That's awesome. It's only a fourth. I, you know, the pizza is a good, a good day before the shift shift starts meal because I can, I can use up all the the leftover veggies and make sure like, you know, pretty much any topping goes good on on mm-hmm. pizza, especially if, if if it's a veggie and um, and so that's great. But then I end that's up, a controversial sentence you just said. Well. You do what you got to do. That's all I'm going to put. If I like had a choice, sure, but you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I'm not I'm not okay. knocking you. I'm just saying there are some people out there who take their pizza toppings pretty seriously. But anyways, and so it's great to do that. Um, the problem is I, it makes too much. Like the it's perfect for like two people, I think, the 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 amount of food that this pizza thing makes. So, you know, I might save it for lunch tomorrow. I might put it in the freezer. Freeze half of it and it might be Ooh. good for a week. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's gross, but that's kind of the plan. I've got a bunch of leftover pizza. I should probably eat at some point. Thank you for reminding me. I tried, um, this maybe isn't that interesting. I tried Little Caesars for the first time recently. Okay. I've, uh, yeah. I've heard a lot of talk about Little Caesars over the years, that it's sort of a sort of cheap and, and sort of... You What's know, your review out of 10? I'm going to give it a 7. 7 out of 10. Well, I wasn't expecting much. I was expecting maybe something a little, like, a little doughy and then a little bland, but it tasted pretty good. Um, it was also a Friday night, and I was exhausted, so it sort of hit the spot <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but it was it was excellent, and I was not expecting excellence from Little Caesars. Um, so, well done. They also have great prices unless you have it delivered. If you have it delivered, then their prices are shit. But if you go and pick it up, you can get a large pizza for 6 bucks there. I was going to say, that's the other thing, too, is that it's hot and ready, right? You can go in and just get a pizza. doesn't say anything about the quality of the pizza, but it's hot and it's ready. Right, which which puts a, a step above a lot of other places. The thing is, if you're so hungry that you need a pizza right now, chances are the pizza's probably going to be pretty good. But if you're uh, just hungry enough that you can wait 45 minutes for a pizza... Then order you know, a proper pizza. Then, then you know, that pizza <clears throat> is varying in quality because you're not that hungry, you know what I mean? Right. So they kind of got the market, right? It's going to taste good every single time if you're that hungry that you need a pizza right now. It's genius, really. Yeah. And such it's so cheap, too. Six bucks for a large yeah, pizza. Yeah, it is really cheap. Except for delivery. Delivery was wild. But it, it does it through DoorDash, and DoorDash has like a million extra charges, so it makes sense that it was... DoorDash. I've never used DoorDash. But... Or Uber Eats. Or really any of those. I've used them. I use them now and then. Um, more, so, more so at college. Because there weren't really a whole lot of restaurants that were, like, just sort of chill food. A lot of restaurants in Granville were, like, fancy artisan restaurants for the most part. You'll get a kick out of this. I was working in the Adirondacks as a canoeing guide, and um, we got off of uh, off of a trip 
and we ended up like hanging out at a park in Tupper Lake waiting for our pickup after this like week-long canoeing trip and one of the kids is like do you think they got uber eats here <laughs> like no they don't have uber eats like you cannot get food delivered to us our location right now that's not how that works um we ended up going and raiding the mcdonald's across the way anyways but um it's just funny that how people are so encultured to to think of uh oh i can order any food that i want right now and have it to my door and you know 20 30 minutes it's crazy it's crazy how that's the world we live in you you bring up that mcdonald's in tupper lake actually um i remember i I went to tupper lake with my dad last summer so 2019 uh, one of my days off and i remember seeing that mcdonald's and my mind literally being blown like oh my god this is the only mcdonald's i've ever seen in the adirondack park this is wild um, there's a, there's a donut place in Tupper Lake. I don't know if you've ever been. It's inside a laundromat. Oh, the donut laundry shop. Yeah, those are such um, good donuts. In uh, Native American cultural, uh, yeah, store. That's the one. It's all three of those things. You can buy donuts. You can get your laundry, and you can, and there's a secret back room thrift store behind it too. It's the dream. I found that out one week. Yeah, it's everything. They do have really good donuts, and they also have. If you talk to the guy behind the counter of the uh, of the laundromat, and you they, knock three they, times and say the code phrase, they they sell the patches for the Tupper Triad, the three mountains in in Tupper Lake that you hike, and that's where you get your patches from. Like this this yeah weird. I think I think he founded the organization that like decided to put together all the all the hikes, but. Um, yeah, anyways, that's where we'd get our patches to, to give to our, our clients that hiked the Tupper Triad at the laundromat awesome. shop Indian thrift store. It's, it's the, the cultural just importance of, of that location cannot be overemphasized. It has all the it's essentials great. and it, it's, those donuts are so good. I wish, I, I mean, I do have, I wish the donuts were fried, they're baked, um, but that's the one downside. They do. They are very tasty. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Super good. Ah oh, man, um, I, could, I could go for a donut right now. I I don't have the means to get or make donuts at the moment. There is a Dunkin' down the street uh, that I guess I could. Are they open? When does Don't Dunkin judge me. I am pulling up. I'm calling up Grubhub right now and see if they deliver. I'm not gonna get donuts. I'm just curious now. Um, oh boy. Oh. It, well, curiosity got you a cat, so I don't want to <laughs> hear it. Um, uh, they are, they do deliver. Yeah. We got some buzz marketing for the town of Tupper Lake in there. I've spent some good time at that, that McDonald's, um, and, uh, made some important calls in my life at that McDonald's parking lot. Um, cause that's where I get the best service. So roll up to McDonald's on my off day and get some food and then, um, sit in the parking lot and, and cry on the phone with, uh, Whoever they they know who they are, but um, yeah, that that's where that happened. For those that are wondering, um, anyways, so that McDonald's I've got I've got a soft spot for. It's also like the best Wi-Fi in town. So I've, I've I think I did like I did job applications or like college applications there one summer. Um, yeah, meaningful spot that that spot for sure. Let's see, have I had any life changing phone calls in Tupper Lake? 
I don't think I've had life-changing phone calls. I did run into the former president of of uh, the College of Worcester on a mountain near Tupper Lake randomly, though. I this was the same trip with my dad. We we it was Goodman Mountain is the name of the mountain. It's just like a I think it's like a three mile hike. Um, That's one of the Tupper Triad. So we went and we we hiked it. It was fun. There's a cool story behind it. He was he was a a white man who joined the um, abolition movement and and fought. In this, I don't remember the full story, but he he fought in the Civil War, maybe or something like that, or did something with with abolition that went above and beyond what the like the the base abolitionists. Google the story if you're interested. Uh, Goodman Mountain, it's great. Um, and so we were just hiking, you know, enjoying. It's a nice nice chill hike, not really steep in most of it. Uh, and we ran into a couple, you know, sixties maybe maybe seventies, probably sixties couple. Walking their dog, the dog was cute, so we said hello, and I was wearing a Denison t-shirt, um, and the man goes, oh, Denison University, do you go there? And I said, yeah, I'm going to my senior year, you know, it's going to be gonna be cool. Little did I know, senior year would not be the coolest, uh, turns out, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, and he goes, well, I'm pretty well acquainted with Denison. I said, oh, yeah, and he said, yeah, I used to be president of uh, the College of Worcester, which is one of the big, like, Ohio liberal arts schools. He's like, yeah, I know, I know you're president, we're good friends, tell them I say hi. And then just walked away. Like, what are the chances that on this this mountain in the middle of the Adirondacks, this, like, not one of the, it's not a high peak, it's just, a, you know, a mountain, that I run into the president of a tiny liberal arts school in Ohio that I have a connection to in the first place. I, if I hadn't gone to Denison, I would have gone to the College of Worcester. I have a bunch of friends sure. who attend the College of Worcester. So it was just very bizarre. Uh, that's really my biggest life-changing moment in, in uh, Chopper Lake, New York, so... Nice. Yeah, good stories in Tupper Lake. I'm trying to think what, what other funny stories I can share publicly about Tupper Lake. Uh, uh, <laughs> Still all your life that, details, the, Isaac. The, Tell us everything. The ones I, I can't share come into mind more than the ones that I can. But uh, I remember the um, there's another thrift store in Tupper Lake. I forget where. It's in that strip mall with um, with the the... Uh, price chopper i think it's price chopper yeah and next next to it is a liquor store and then next to it is a thrift store and this thrift store is in like a supermarket like a like a old um you know old like pharmacy or i don't know what it was before but anyways and the storefront looks normal and it like makes sense and is fine and and then you know you go through the storefront and then there's a a back which enters into the warehouse portion of the this old strip mall building which you never usually get to go into if you if you don't work at a at a strip right. mall off you know thing but that was where they had more of their retail stuff more of like the bigger stuff the furniture the bikes the all that sort of stuff and it was huge they they I don't know how they afforded the rent on this huge space but anyways, they had some bikes back there, and uh, me and some buddies were like, "Oh, cool bikes!" And this space is wide open. You just have to like watch out for the pillars that are holding up the uh, holding up the things. And so we like got kind of goofy and started riding the bikes around. And then somebody came to politely tell us to not do that. Um, but that was a pretty fun time. It was also just so weird that how that store is laid out. I don't know. Uh, and then there's like another back warehouse room that you go into where they're like sorting stuff, but half the stuff is good to go and half of it's not. I don't know. It's a it was a crazy time, but riding the bikes around that that um, the warehouse part of that store was kind of fun one 
one off shift, one off off day. Nice to get all, all that camp angst out somehow. Yes, for sure. I, I was hanging out with, with two guys that I'd worked pretty much the whole summer with and were like ready to just uh, goof off and not take things so seriously for once. So good times. I think that's the best kind of like letting steam off is when you've you've had like when you've been doing hard work or or you know been in a stressful situation for so long, and then you get to just be with those same people and just get like crazy and and like actually relax. This summer we uh, I might have mentioned this at an earlier episode, so stop me if I have. But we went to a friend's house on Fourth Lake uh, one day after the longest week ever of camp. Uh, like just we were all exhausted, and they have a boat. They have a boat house, which is crazy to me. It's the concept of boat houses that people have that are not like commercially owned. But we went and we got on their boat and started driving, and spent pretty much the rest of the afternoon just going up the Fulton Chain into Old Forge and back, and just drinking under the sun, listening to music. It was the best I've ever felt. Just like sitting on this boat. A corona in my hand as for the meme obviously I had to do it for the meme um, and just like kicking back with the with my friends that I'd worked all summer with and now we could just get drunk on a boat and sail not sail but drive the, uh, the Fulton chain yeah for sure there's a lot of like camaraderie in that I feel that at my job right now coming off a shift and especially this last one because we had such a long van ride um we do, sometimes we don't have a van ride to leave and we just all get in our separate cars and go our separate ways. But this this time we had a, a van ride and we're all kind of piling into the van after this really hard shift in the woods and um, and feeling really accomplished. Even though it was a hard shift and like, you know, it, it wasn't the, the most fun time in the woods I've had, it was good to like, one of my coworkers described it as uh, like how the the marines or special forces or army guys feel when they get into the helicopter after you know uh, a hard mission out and they're like finally you know get into the chopper and it's flying away and like the victory music is playing um it kind of feels like that sometimes which is a good feeling to have um when when the reinforcements show up and and it's time for you to to head back home for some rest and relaxation so yeah I don't know. I definitely get that feeling of camaraderie and of like, yeah, you come out of the woods and feeling feeling good with the people that you spent the time with. Do you do you go to the same place every week for for your shift, or is it like is it a campsite? Is it just a patch in the woods you guys have decided you like? What's what's the locale um, like? It's in the woods. You just find a, a clearing somewhere, set up some tents, and put up the. It's big- in the woods. See when you when you just say that it does sound like you take people out there and murder them. That's no, no, no. That's no, what. No, that's just that's. What no. I know you don't do that, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I think that's what I can say. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep it at that. Keep it mysterious. Fair enough. Now what's in the second generational forest woodland of the northeast? Right. That that really narrows it down. Thank you. It feels pretty familiar to the Adirondacks. I was just thinking about this the other day on my hike and uh, how, yeah, it's the same 
species of trees in sort of a similar way. Uh, I think the Adirondacks, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any white cedar. I don't, I don't know if I'm super familiar with white cedar in the Adirondacks. I'm sure there is some, but I, I don't, not in my experience. But, um, uh, you know, I was hiking along, you know, going for a little just jaunt in the woods. I mean, more than a jaunt. It was nine miles. But, uh, and the, uh, and saw some white cedar and it kind of took me back to Vermont and there was a lot of white cedar around campus and that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels very familiar to me. The, the forest feels very comfortable to what I've spent time in. And I've spent time in very alien landscapes of the West of creosote scrubland that just goes on, on a flat plain forever and there's zero features and it's just totally bizarre or strange sandstone cliffs and domes and stuff that just look out of like Tatooine from Star Wars or something. I don't know. It just, you know, so to be in a forest that I feel familiar with and I feel comfortable in and know, like they all, all the trees seem like friends to me, which is kind of nice. And, uh, I know what's going to kill me and what's not. And that's, that's a good to know. thing to think <laughs> about. That's, yeah. You know, that's really what life is about, right? It's figuring out what will kill you and what won't kill you. So you've you've got it figured out, I think. Yeah. But it's in the woods, to answer your question. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Now, what are, the, what are the coordinates? Just if you give me latitude and longitude real quick. I found out earlier that it is north of where I went to school in Vermont. Huh. And it is north of where I worked in the Adirondacks. So I'm pretty proud of that fact. I kind of like that. I like moving north. I feel like that's a direction I want to go. You're just so. going to become Santa Claus by the end of your life. That's You're just working your way slowly up there, up to the North Pole. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, sure, north and north I go. I was kind of worried. I think I live south of where I was before, but I work north of where I was before. Because um, I got a bit of a commute, but I don't have to do the commute very often, so... Um, yeah, I found that out, speaking of coordinates, kind of looking at the GPS stuff, and I was like, oh, nice, this is like, you know, a, a, a couple degrees, uh, well, it's a couple degrees north of where we grew up, but it's, I don't know, a few minutes north of where, uh, where I used to, used to hang out in That's Vermont. That's fun. I have no idea what my coordinates are, I haven't even thought about looking them up, uh, so I don't. I, I think I'm maybe slightly south of where we grew up, maybe, and that's just basing it on snap maps. I think you're slightly north. Am I? Let's find out. Let's look at snap maps. Let's look at it right now. You're closer to a lake. Uh, I am slightly north. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm like fifteen-ish minutes from Lake Ontario, uh, which is cool. Are those uh, American minutes? Those are American minutes. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm a- <laughs> Yeah, I haven't gone in and charted the the actual like maritime. What are the minutes? What's what's the basis of those? Well, there's different ways you can you can. Yeah, but where's what's write what's, out? Um, what's the GPS origin? Coordinates. You can write them in seconds and minutes. Um, or you can write them in. Uh, like, I forget what the other measurement is. Degrees. I don't know. There's different ways to write them. Um, and 
my GPS works on one way, but the coordinates that I get from work come in a different format, so I have to transfer them over. Luckily, the GPS will recognize them when I put them in, and it will convert them for me, but um, that can be kind of confusing at first. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the other thing is, but anyways, um, I don't know what it comes from. That's a good question. I think it could be... Uh, could, could it be, like, nautical? I had a professor explain this to me at some point, but totally forget like how long it takes to sail a certain distance is whatever the minutes are i would guess it's probably on the sun um oh that makes more sense than than sailing. where so the other thing about this is that the uh polaris how tall polaris is on the horizon um is equal to your latitude yeah um so up here polaris is taller higher up in the sky than it was where I was before. Um, which is interesting to kind of think about and look at the stars and see what stars you can see now more so than later and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the sun's um, crest, where the sun peaks on its uh, its path for um, the summer solstice and all the solstices, but most importantly the summer one when you're measuring how tall it can get, uh, it's going to be higher or no, it's going to be lower, sorry, in the more north you get. Um, yes. So that degrees... Right, because that's why, yeah. ...is proportional to to your latitude in some way. I don't know what the math is there, but... It could be anything. Math is... is... And that was actually the original way that people navigated. This is real. I find this super fascinating. about the stars, yeah. A tangent here. Please, um, tangent away. So you can either use Polaris... I think most of the time it would be Polaris, the the northern star. This only works in your, if you're in the northern hemisphere. For those Australians, I don't know what the heck you do, but um, so that star is always going to be the same. It's all just Beetlejuice. What's that? It's, well, I can't say it a third time or else he'll appear, but it's it's the red star. Oh, I don't no, know that for not, sure. It just seemed like an easy star to. What's that? I can't say it a third time. It it rhymes yeah, with. That's an that's an Orion. That's smooth. I I was just naming a star. I was just trying to, I was just being dumb. Tell your story. I was being stupid. Anyways, Polaris, <laughs> Polaris is uh, always going to be the same height above the horizon as every single time. No matter, well, if you're standing still, it's always going to be the same spot. So what you do, if you're an old-timey sailor, before you had charts and maps and sextants and all that sort of stuff, you would... Count it up um, with your, your hand, right? Well, with a, a wooden stick. Oh shit! You'd you'd cut the stick in to the exact to height, right? So you know, okay, I hand I hold this stick out at arm's length, and that's the measurement of Polaris. Now, if you sail up the coast north, and you uh, that Polaris is going to be higher than that measurement of the stick, and if you sail down the coast south, that measurement is now going the Polaris is now going to be shorter than that stick, so. If you're lost and you're like, I don't know whether to go north or south to get back to my home port, you hold up the stick to Polaris and be like, okay, I know I'm north of where I need to be or I know I'm south of where I need to be, um, which I think is really fascinating. That's, I don't know. How, and yeah. you'd have different sticks for different ports. Too. Right. So you'd, you know, you'd know which way to go. Your home port and then you know how much further down Polaris do you have to get in order to get to this port? And you hold up that stick and be like, oh. We're quite a ways off. Okay, and then you you keep on sailing, or you know you hold it up and you're like, oh shoot, we missed it. We got to go back north again and, f- and find it. Um, 
So I think that's kind of interesting. That, that like such a, a primitive way of, of figuring it out, but it works. Well, ships navigators used to be like a really important job and it's, it obviously still is, but like that was your position where was you were the navigator and I'm sure you were, you know, you had a collection of sticks. You maybe had a nice like box laid out with like linen and stuff and velvet and you like had them gingerly, you know, labeled. This is, this is, uh, India. This is, I say India. That's a whole, uh, you know what I mean? Like you've got each port labeled. This is Cancun. Yeah. I don't know why an Englishman would be sailing to Cancun. That's a long journey. Uh, that's neat though. Okay. Okay. So unfortunately I have to take a quick pause and go check on something. Um, whoops, that was a loud noise. That's all good. So I'll, I, I'll give them another word from our sponsor. I've been giving fake sponsor messages and basically yeah. ensuring we're not going to get sponsored by any of these things that I mentioned. Do that. And if I'm not back in time, we can cut out that space or whatever. Um, but I have to go check on something real quick. All I'll good. be right back. Cool. Listeners, I'm going to read a poem, I think. Uh, I'm just going to Google poem... Dot com and see what happens. See what happens at googlepoem.com. This is a little fun with Ethan. Uh, fun with Ethan time. It's not loading. I'm going to try poetry.com. See what comes in. Comes up now. Oh, well, that says coming soon. Uh, poetry.org? Oh, that comes up. That comes up. Uh, poem a day. So this is the... Uh, so this is No More Fire Here, a Sestina by William Bearhart. Uh, this is poet, poets.org. They have a poem every day. Uh, so this is, yeah, No More Fire Here, a Sestina by William Bearhart. O king, build me more Templar, more handsome and muscular. Build me a chest made of barley fire. Set it ablaze each morning for sunlight. Build me legs, quick as a chariot, light as a doze, strong as a current runs through a river. It must all mean something if I'm the third son of my father. It must all mean something if my body is a ravaged temple. What does it mean if his body is a ravaged temple? Wretched chariots we carry burdened with copper and birch bark inside muscled and fatty hearts. Silken wrote about bodies being possessed by light. I should have known those antlers were never copper, but always fire. Your tongue always tasted of fire, the ash of it, the lie of it, but one hundred legs of running men leaves me lighter on the temples. I have a weakness for muscular. I have a brain full of chariot-eating in an underwater circus. I hold my breath as his chariot is unplugged from the wall. The immediate silence. No more fire here. I wanted you to be muscular and fit, healthy as an ox. The attraction I feel for it. We can only build the most modest of temples when all we have is moonlight. Moonlit chariot racing toward a temple. Fire, the idea of it. Muscular. I've always loved Absalom, not because he's handsome and muscular, but because he had the king's heart. Let there be light. Let it arrive in a horse-drawn carriage. Let it arrive as fire. O king, build my body a temple. Make my heart more corpuscular than muscular. Make me a chariot light of ire. It's so lonely and cold inside this scalpel-ruined templum. Uh, So that is... Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Actually, you, you came back just in time. I just finished. Well, the, great. I um, just finished the poem. I so I got a package, which that's what I was checking on, and then I opened the package and uh, I accidentally cut my. Oh phone. no! You, oh, you can see it right. Yeah. Here now. Oh my God! Go go do first aid. I'll read another poem. No, it's okay. I mean, it's it's tis but a scratch, but um, that was kind of a a dumb thing. Well, I'm glad you're all right. 
And I use my thumb on my phone. I got blood on my phone. Oh, no. That's the worst is when that... I've done that before, too. We got to wipe the blood it off. It blends in with the tomato juice, I guess. But, yeah, that's a that's a bummer. But uh, I I just sharpened this knife yesterday. It's it's real it's real sharp. Siri, now's not the time, bud. I don't need your, your sass right now. Um, I'm not trying to talk to you. Let's see. Okay. <sighs> All right. You, are you sure you don't want to put a band-aid on that or something? Um, here's the other issue. I keep my first aid kit in my car, which is, you know, back outside, which is, you know, maybe not the wisest thing, but um, I don't want to have to carry it into the house and then back to the house and then, you know, um, so. So just let it bleed out. That's a great idea. You know, uh, it's going to take a long time for this to bleed out. Hold, hold a tissue over it or something. Clot it, my dude. That's what I'm doing with my tongue, which maybe isn't like the most uh, sanitary thing to. Yeah. I, I wash I, my I... hands before making dinner. I think I'm okay. <sighs> Here we go. It's really not that big of a deal. Wow, that is kind of deep, though. Oh, lovely. Let's, uh, there we go. Okay. We're all set. Anyways, sorry to make those weird noises licking my bleeding thumb on the podcast. That's but, fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit them out, or I'll, or I'll actually add them in and make them louder, and just sort of, and I'll throw them back throughout the whole episode. Build up. What's this noise? Oh, it's Isaac's thumb bleeding out. I don't. I, I think it's pretty impossible to, to bleed out from your thumb. I don't think there's. I don't think I hit a major enough artery to. Yeah, really that's do fair. That much that's damage. fair. Um, I'm a woofer, wilderness first responder. I think I'm gonna live on this one. What if you don't? What if you just drop dead as we record? <sighs> That'd be rough. That would be rough. Let's see. Now I gotta do everything with my other hand. This is this is more annoying than I thought. I uh, I don't I don't know how much you heard while we were while you were out. Um, but I, I read a poem. Absolutely nothing. I thought that was fun. I read a, uh, I just Googled poets.org and they have a poem every day. So I read today's poem. Uh, oh, nice. I'm not 100% sure what it's about. It seemed a little bit horny, this poem. So uh, I'll let the listeners suss out what it's about. But it felt, there was a lot of longing in this poem for muscles. Was so. it uh, was it some Shakespeare? Was it no, a it's uh, a sexy sonnet. poem by William Bearheart. Let's, let's see, I mean, let's, let's learn about William Bearheart. Uh, uh, so he died recently. Oh my God. Uh, oh. he is a direct descendant of the state St. Croix Chippewa Indians of Wisconsin. Hey, he's from around about your parts. Uh, St. Croix a, Chippewa? Yeah. St. Croix Chippewa. Um, he's a direct of descendant Wisconsin. of them. Yeah. Uh, he's a graduate. He was a graduate with a low res master of fine arts program at the Institute of American Indian arts. And his work appeared in numerous journals and anthologies. Uh, including when the light of the world was subdued and our songs came through. Uh, of his of his work, the writer Ruby Hanson Murray says, reading Brian's work is heart-opening. He writes our private vulnerabilities onto the page. Um, and poet Natalie Diaz has written of him, uh, yes, darkness, Bearheart's poems say, but also an always light. And he also worked as a poker, poker dealer in a Wisconsin casino, so that's pretty exciting. Wow. Uh, he died in August. Poker. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a little bit of uh, poetry on the poker William Bearheart poetry yeah that's kind of i kind of like that idea you know you go um, to, to do some gambling and the dealer's like all right i'll give you your cards in a second but i gotta read this <laughs> i've been feeling a lot my I just, work here. what needs work i'm just gonna read it you guys can tell me you know are the, is, are the images coming across uh what's what are you feeling that was one of my favorite things to do in the backcountry is we would um oh gosh we would take um there's a brand of chocolate of chocolate bar like a fine artisanal 
dark cocoa chocolate bar sustainably sourced or I don't know something like that that has a poem on the inside of the wrapper I love that and usually they'd be like a Shakespeare sonnet or some well known poem but usually I, I think the the point of these chocolate bars really is to like give to give to girls you got crushes on or like I don't know they're kind of like romantic-y like uh, lovey-dovey kind of poems so you could like sneak them in a Valentine's Day card but they sell them year round and so we'd buy these these chocolate bars for dessert because the the hint is the darker the chocolate, the more cacao or mm-hmm. like the, the – yeah, the darker the chocolate, the less it melts. And when you're backpacking in the desert, you yeah. want a dessert that's not going to melt want. and get all over yeah. everything. So we'd have one of these chocolates at dinner and kind of break it up and each person would get a little piece of chocolate and um, and we'd read out this poem. And it's it's it was always entertaining to um, to read it out and either – like have a tear in your eye or just totally laugh at how ridiculous it was. So yeah, good, good story. And love poetry, especially I feel like is, is rife with, with the potential to be incredibly mockable. Uh, I feel like a lot of romantic poetry that I've read attempts to be something profound and, uh, and beautiful, but usually just ends up being, uh, silly. My personal favorite. And, and maybe this is a little mean, uh, but a couple summers ago, uh, we did a, a like a talent show, and, and all the kids needed to come up with some sort of talent. And this kid, one kid, he was like, oh, I don't have any talent. And I said, yes, you do. Everyone has something they're passionate about. What do you like to do? And he said, well, I write poetry. I was like, that's incredible. That's awesome. Why don't you read a couple poems at the campfire? Uh, and he he read, written one about his girlfriend. And it opened with this sentence, and I still remember it to this day because it is so just... I don't even know the right words, uh, but he stands up around in front of the fire and goes, <clears throat> my love is like an ocean. And then doesn't elaborate. He just goes on to describe other things his love is, but just something about my love is like an ocean really got to me. Um, to the point that when I'm making fun of edgy poets, uh, that's the first thing I go to is, you know, my love is like an ocean. I'm edgy. Uh, so that's, that's kind of fun. I've been known to write the occasional love poem myself, but um, I think the part of it is that you're not the intended audience, really, and you're not the intended like context for love poems to be read out loud or like in that's yeah a setting of you know you're not the you're not the one that they're for you know unless you are the one that they're for then you know take it seriously you but know, you got you got a poem that's pretty magical yeah. Um, there was another funny thing I was going to say after that, but I forgot. Um, I think all my, my blood cells are not going to my brain right now. They're coming out of the end of my oh. thumb because I cut it. Um, well, that's good. Uh, I just remembered, you talked about writing poems for people. I just remembered a, uh, an embarrassing story from middle school. It's about me. It's not about you. Um, that has to do with poems oh, and, and girls. Uh, there was this kid in my class who wrote poems. I was like, what he did? He was like, oh, I love poetry. I just write it all the time. And I had a crush on this girl. And so one day, I went up to this guy and said, listen, would you write some poems for me about this girl that I like? And then I'll give them to her and take credit for it. <laughs> and he said, yeah, poetry. yeah, dude, absolutely. And so he wrote two poems for this girl and, and gave them to me. And I got cold feet and never gave them to her. 
Because I know who the girl is, but I don't know who the, the poet is. I He transferred out, like, pretty soon after he started attending. He was there for, like, oh. a year, and then just... His name was Nick, I think. He had an earring. That's all I remember about him. And it was, like, seventh Nick grade, an and it was wild that... No, it was sixth grade. It, it was wild that he had an earring charismatic if grade. he was a guy that had an earring in, in middle school. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I... Anyways... We don't need to put him on blast. No, I, that's... But, um, I don't need, I We're putting me on blast more than him, I think. Yeah, kind of. But I never gave him to her, so it was, it was very sad. You know, maybe someday. Get <laughs> get back in contact and, you know... Listen, Just, like, not... Just, hey, you know, I meant to send these to you a long time ago, and uh, I know we're living separate lives now, and it's probably not going to work out, but, you know, I, might as well. Better late than never, you know? How long ago was sixth grade? If we're going to do the math, how old would we have been? How old were we in sixth grade? 12? It is uh, 12 minus, or 12 plus. Uh, so it was like 10 years ago. No, it was more than that. 11, no, it's like 13 years ago Isn't it right? 12 plus 5? So it's, it's 6 plus 5? 11? 12? Yeah, so, so, so 12 to 13 years ago. So it's been 12 to 13 years since I meant to deliver these poems. So I guess, you know, maybe now is the time. Yeah. I don't know that I have the poems anymore, though. So it might be too late. It's never too late. Um, do you think if you had to, you could contact that girl? Yeah, I think we're friends on Facebook. Ah, see? That's what Facebook comes in handy for, rekindling Reconnecting almost 20-year-old old romances. You know, it's 2020. Maybe, you know, shoot your shot. Nothing matters anymore. This same girl, funnily enough, I'm not going to name names for anyone involved, but I was dating this girl. Besides, besides the dude's name. Besides, besides the dude's the name. name. Well, I, if you're looking for a poet, look for a guy named Nick with an earring. He'll write you love poems. Um, but I was dating this girl at the end of high school. And her brother, this, the girl I was dating's brother, was dating this girl that I had a crush on in sixth grade. So I, Awkward. Th- there's a couple degrees of separation there, but we were pretty close for a while. That's not anything. I think that's interesting. I don't remember that. I don't remember that, that weird triangle you had going on in your life. But... Um, I can relate going to a college that was so small that, you know, there was only so many options and, you know, you're, yeah, it sounds familiar in some ways, but also I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. How big is, you talk about how small things were at school. How big is your circle now? Like, who do you, who do you, um, I guess you probably don't me. see anyone. Yeah. That's it's just me. I'm in the circle. That's it. I've got nobody besides who I work with. And that's great. Um, unfortunately this weekend, all the, or this, this off shift, all the folks that I usually hang out with or, or have occasionally hung out with have things going on or went to go visit family and, you know, wanted to get a COVID test and, you know, they, you know, wanted to make that their intention, um, and do that right instead of seeing a whole bunch of people. So, um, and one of my friends is leaving, you know, has left the, the, the company. So I don't know. It's just kind of like. Yeah, just me, myself, and I for now. You should get, actually. You probably you're gone for weeks at a time. You shouldn't get a cat. I was gonna say, you know, it might be nice to get a little animal for companionship, but you're you're not there regularly enough that it would be. I'm doing a pretty good job of being a plant father, though. I I've re yeah. What what uh listeners will remember my bean plant fiasco. Yes, your bean son. I have I have done all right with myself. I have a uh, a succulent, some kind of uh, stone crop, and um a. What else is in there? Another type of succulent. A couple succulents in a little pot here. And, um, yeah. 
water them once a week when I come off my off shift, and they do just fine with that. That that's all they really need. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Um, you know, put them in the window by the sunlight, and what else can you ask for? They're pretty easygoing guys. So, uh, guys and gals, I don't know their their plants, but um, yeah. So I'm doing pretty good there. They they keep me company. I talk to them sometimes. They talk back too, which is great. Good. Keep me company. Yeah, do they? That's I'm I'm glad <laughs> that you've got such a good relationship going with them. I just killed my uh, my plant son. Or I didn't just kill him. Really? He did just die, though. I uh, End of July this summer, uh, uh, my supervisor invited us over to her house for dinner. Uh, so we all went, and, and she gave us all gifts. We all got a nice note. We got some candy, and we all got an aloe plant. Uh, and this was the first plant I had ever owned, uh, and I was terrified of like having to be responsible for this plant. Aloe turns out you can water it like once every couple of weeks, and it is completely fine. Because um, they live in the yep. desert and are pretty chill. Did you overwater it? No, no, I I did nothing wrong. Um, the first night, oh. the first night Pippin was here, he was hiding in the bathroom for most of it, and and uh, I ended up going to bed, and I was awoken. I didn't sleep very well anyway because he was freaking out, and I was nervous about him. And also, I had to sleep on the floor because he peed on my bed, so there was a whole thing happening. Um, but I was sort of tossing and turning, and I heard a loud crash come from my kitchen, and I ran out to see what was the matter, uh, and. He was up in my windowsill, looking out the window, being very cute. Like, he was, he was nuzzling and, and, and looking all cuddly. He had pushed my aloe plant off the, the windowsill and onto the floor, though, and it had kind of exploded. Um, so it's in the trash now. Uh, you could have you saved that. You it, was in, it was in pieces. Like, it was just... Oh. The plant itself had... It was, it was... Then maybe not. Yeah, it was its time. So, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll feel ready for, for a new plant. You know, the cold winter months might be nice to have some green in the place, uh, assuming Pippin doesn't destroy them again. I want to get more, to be honest with you. I think if my apartment is just covered in succulents, that'd be great. You're going to become a crazy plant person. That's amazing. I, I think that would improve my mental health quite a bit, actually. Have you heard of a, it's a, a snake plant, I think is the name I've heard it given as? It's a vine what? of some kind, a snake. It's something snake. But my, my friends were telling me about it. They uh, they don't water it much at all. But it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And, like, it's beautiful and green. But requires little to no care at all. And it just is huge and, and verdant and beautiful. Uh, so there's maybe something to, to consider. You know, because we're on this train, and because you shared your story about um, some love poetry to a girl in high school, there was... Um, I was talking to, to the friend that got me these succulents as a gift. I said, oh, you know, what plants are good to to keep for a long period of time? Because I'm not going to be there for a week. You know, what, what's going to survive that long? Um, knowing nothing about plants and or nothing about like um, cultivated plants. I know a fair amount about wild plants, but cultivated plants. And one of the, the, the websites said... Um, Oh, what are they called? Orchids. Were they orchids? Yeah, orchids. Hydrangeas. Orchids. They're fl- no, they're orchids, orchids are a flower, yeah. right? Orchids are a flower. I feel like, be, but they're a I feel like they'd be pretty high maintenance. You can like, have a house and take care of. Um, are they orchids? I just think all flowers are probably high maintenance, but I don't know much about gardening at all, so I ignore me. Gosh, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. Which, pink lady slippers are a type of orchid, which I think is really cool. And they, they grow in the Adirondacks and up here, too, in the in the uh, early summer. Anyways, 
Um, and said so those are terrible houseplants because you have to make sure they've got a really good type of soil and they have a really, um, you know, they need to be misted with water instead of like poured water on. They, they're, they're very picky. Um, I was like, where have I encountered this information before? I feel like I know this somehow. And there was this girl in high school that I had a crush on uh, and she had an orchid collection and would uh, take care of these orchids. And uh, one day I was like, hey, do you want to hang out after school? Like, let's go for a walk or something. And then uh, her response was, no, I got to go home and mist my orchids. Uh, and I thought, wow, that is the lamest excuse to knock it. Like, why don't you just tell me it's straight that you don't want to go for a walk with me or something? Um, probably true. I don't know. I, you know, this was, like you said, 10 years ago or something. So it doesn't really matter anymore. I just find that funny now of like, hmm. Yeah, misting my orchids. Sure, uh, you probably know who that is, and we don't need to get into it. But uh, I think that's that's pretty funny. That sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'm gonna oh go miss my orchids. That's my euphemism voice. Um, that's like a type of drug or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like some kind of drug is. But it's like it's like a hard drug too. It's not it's not something chill. It's like a hard drug. I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, misting my orchid. I have no idea. No, that, maybe it's vaping. A, maybe it's just vaping, actually. Maybe because you're you're misting. I don't know. I I don't know much about vaping at all. Yeah, it's not my game for sure. Too old to vape. It gives you popcorn lung, and who wants their their lungs named after popcorn? Not me personally. I'm sure someone does. I'm sure there's one guy listening who's like, oh yeah, give me that. And with COVID and everything, with it being a, a respiratory disease. Yeah, I'm not messing with this at to... all. Never a better time to quit any respiratory stuff right now than when there's a, a virus that will actively attack your lungs. Like, I want those those lungs as healthy as I can get them right now. Yes, please. My uh, my neighbors downstairs are smokers. I can I know because the smell comes up through the floor. And uh, they I can hear them coughing all the time. They're bad-sounding coughs, and it stresses me out so much. Because mm. it could just be smoker's cough, or <laughs> it could be COVID, a floor down. So... You know? <laughs> and now I'm starting to cough. Oh, boy. I don't think it's COVID. Yeah. I have no other symptoms. Not that that's... I mean, you, I could be asymptomatic. I don't think I'm asymptomatic. Although I have learned... Speaking of... We can, we can wrap up shortly, but I've, I've realized a lot of, like, anxiety symptoms are the same as COVID symptoms. Uh, so sometimes I'll get really anxious and then be like, oh, it's COVID. Hmm. And then I get... Lack mm. of taste. You definitely have a lack of taste. Okay, it's just, it's just a post-workout fit, Isaac. It's not... This isn't how I dress normally. <laughs> I wore I wore a cardigan on Thanksgiving. I have style. Wow, that's a that's a good song by Taylor Swift. Yeah, it is a good song by Taylor Swift. She just put out a new version of that album. Actually, I don't know really? if you saw. It's she put out a, a like documentary about the studio sessions, um, and it's the studio versions of the song when she was still figuring them out, and, and they're cool. Nice. Not my preferred version, oh, but that sounds lovely. Yeah, look it up. It's the studio sessions folklore. Not sponsored, just huge Taylor Swift fan. How many tomatoes out of five? Uh, which version? The folklore itself, like the original folklore. Uh, both versions. What's your What's your take? I'd give. I hesitate to give anything five out of five tomatoes, um, but folklore is pretty close to that for me. I love that kind of music, and I. I, think... I mean, if anybody's deserving of it, it's Taylor, oh, it's Taylor Swift. Swift. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say five out of five for. Uh... For folklore, I'm going to say four out of five for the studio sessions. 
just because they're they're really good, but they're different, and I'm so attached to the original folklore that the different versions are just a little not it for me. It's like hearing a cover of a song. Sure. You know, it's fun, but it's not as good as you know the original. What about you? How would you rate folklore? I listened to the whole album all the way through yesterday um, while I was making dinner, and man, it was so good. I like. I miss Taylor Swift. I, uh, yeah, Taylor Swift in my life. Very good. Um, yeah, probably nine out of ten, something like that. I don't know. It it depends on what mood I'm in, of course. Like, That's fair. It, it doesn't doesn't always hit me, but uh, yeah, it would be up there. That's for sure. The first time I listened to it the whole way through was during the Perseid meteor shower in in August. Mm. I, I went up and lay in the uh, the athletic field because that's the biggest area where there's no lights, and I just lay there and put it on, partially just to keep bears away and deer, because it was pitch black and I didn't want to get stepped on by something. But I just watched the shooting stars go across and and listen to Taylor, you know, break my heart over and over on every track. It was it was wonderful, oh, wonderful, really beautiful. So good. What's your favorite track on the album? I like Exile, the one, the collab she did with Bonnie with Bear. Bear, yeah. Super good. I'm uh, mine's Last Great American Dynasty. There's something about it that just mm. gets me like gets me going, gets me pumped. So that's my that's my folklore take. Folklore facts with Ketchup Cast. Nice. You wanted to end with something? Did I? I don't know. You just you started that a minute ago and then. Oh, oh just uh, just because we're we're we've reached the hour twenty five mark and. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that I would listen to a podcast much longer than that. I, I don't know. If, I mean, Joe Rogan's slinging three-hour podcasts sometimes. So. Yeah, and I I listen to so much Joe Rogan, so you're making a good point. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean, it's it's good talking to you. It's um, it's kind of isolating up here and uh, hard to to find people to talk to, and it's good to talk to a familiar face and somebody that I know I'm gonna get along with and have a lot of history of high school shenanigans to talk about which is great um so i really appreciate it man it's good oh. to talk and good to uh good to catch up i enjoy this this is this is always fun and i mean we both sort of have regular schedules now so this can probably happen a lot more frequently than we're used to with college and everything yeah should be a pretty regular thing now which we get be good to chat and catch up and discuss taylor swift all right homework for you for next episode listen to the studio recordings of folklore because I want to hear I want to hear your take alright I will come back with a take alright